0: To women who hoped to evade the ticking clock of time, Dr. Frederick Brandt was the most potent drug dealer in the world. And the dealer got high on his own supply. From Imperative Entertainment and the team behind Broken Hearts comes a new series that will challenge everything you know about fame, fortune, and the fear of growing old. I'm Justine Harmon, and this is The Baron of Botox. And we're back, so we see Bob Daugherty, Intelligence Counterintelligence Director at Counterterrorism Watch, Incorporated, a U.S. defense contracting firm specializing in intelligence, counterterrorism, and special ops training. Bob, I know you're pressed for time. Thank you for joining us in this one segment. I hope everything's okay and Happy New Year.
1: It is. Having me again.
0: I'm sorry? for
1: having me again
0: thank you uh, for being with us um very quickly uh we know that the attackers uh, from charlie abdo are dead uh from a counterterrorism standpoint and as an expert in this regard bob i, I don't want to attack the french police they you know did you know a, a great job did this take longer than one would expect in a country so small especially with guys that were on watch list, someone who had already served 18 months in prison and was known in the U.S. and France and Yemen to have been training with al-Qaeda in Yemen?
1: No, I think they executed this uh, perfectly in terms of carrying out the operation. They collected information. They found these guys. These guys were obviously very well trained. We now know that one of them had gone to Yemen at least for a couple of months of time and most likely trained with al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula, the al-Qaeda affiliate there. And you could tell from the little video clips that we saw of the actually horrific attack on the newspaper uh, office that these guys were very professional, very well-trained. So it didn't surprise me that it took a little bit of length of time to find them in a large country. And once they did, the French police did a good job of isolating them, trying to negotiate with them, trying to find out as much information about these guys and their mindset as they could. And then with all that information, they made the decision – they needed to stage a tactical entry to try to capture these guys and rescue the hostages.
0: Sharif and Saeed Kawachi thankfully, are dead, the two brothers that were wanted in that massacre. There seems to be a third, perhaps the getaway driver, that may still be at large or not. There was an 18-year-old who turned himself in after his name was everywhere, but there are numerous people on Twitter that say he couldn't have done it. He was sitting in class next to them at a college that he attends.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. Look, the initial stories on all these types of things are usually wrong. So much more investigative work and intelligence work needs to be done to, work to until we're able to uncover what really happened, why these guys did it. We have their stated reasons, obviously. You know, how they were indoctrinated, their mindset, and all the details linking them. Perhaps there's more of a network out there that supported these guys or facilitated their travel to Yemen and back. So that's all yet to be seen.
0: In situations like this, Bob, is it your experience as a counterterrorism expert that there will be copycat uh, type attacks in Paris or anywhere else in the world? Or uh, was this an isolated event? Um, are these things going to escalate? I know you don't have a crystal ball, but looking back, if we are to uh, look at history uh, as as which to um, uh, reference to go forward with what we expect. Uh,
1: no, I don't. We can characterize them as copycat attacks. Leslie, what I would say is this is part of an overall trend that has been ongoing. Both AQAP and the Islamic State or ISIS have issued calls in their in their websites on their magazines for lone uh, offenders, lone terrorists to stage these type of attacks, and they've even included the targets that these groups want targeted. So. As long as that radical ideology is out there and as long as these groups are giving motivation, so to speak, to their supporters and what targets to attack, we're going to continue, unfortunately, to see these types of attacks in the future. They're very hard to disrupt before they happen, and only good police and intelligence work will ultimately disrupt these types of attacks from occurring in the future.
0: How, how do we – yes, how do, how do we uh, very quickly, in less than 60 seconds, best way – to stop um, the radicalization of these people?
1: I'll give you a couple points. You've got to continue with good intelligence for finding out their plans and intentions and penetrating these group. That's followed up by community engagement with these at-risk communities where these guys are born from, where they come from. And then third, a messaging campaign to counter this radical ideology that's been spewing forth from these guys and indoctrinating young people.
0: And the other thing there would be, Bob, if you need to work with the community, you need not to be attacking and be prejudiced against, you've got you to work with them. you got to get to know your neighbor and work together on this. Uh, interesting. Bob, uh, best of luck. I hope everything's okay. We'll talk to you again soon. That is Bob Daugherty, Intelligence Counterintelligence Director at Counterterrorism Watch, Inc. Check out their website, ctwatch.us, and please follow them on Twitter, at ctwatchinc. Back after this, we'll talk more. Don't go I lied. I didn't mean to, but he is going to stay around for 10 more minutes, Bob Doherty, the Intelligence and Counterintelligence Director at Counterterrorism Watch, Inc., a U.S. defense contracting firm specializing in intelligence counterterrorism and special ops training. And Bob has worked for the past 25 years as an ops officer for the CIA. He has deep operational experience in the U.S., Europe, Central America, South America, and the Middle East, and certainly uh, that would uh, cover many of the areas where people are being trained, or that these terrorist attacks have taken place, such as in Paris, France, with Charlie Hebdo. Bob, thank you so much uh, for hold, uh, for holding and staying with us ten more minutes. Bob, um, how come? I mean, this guy could not be held more than eighteen months because of insufficient evidence uh, on terrorist charges. One of the uh, two uh, Kouachi brothers, I believe, it was uh, Sharif, and you know, we 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 know it was almost like you know he's on these watch lists, these flight lists the U.S. And, and France, Yemen, all aware that, you know, he had been trained. Why is it that we couldn't have prevented? Because when you talk about how we stopped this guy, these these guys, I, I kind of feel that maybe somewhere the ball was dropped to a degree with stopping this one guy.
1: Yeah, it's a really tough business, Leslie. If you, if you think that we have hundreds or maybe even thousands of potential extremists in any one country. It is just beyond the capabilities and the resources of police and intelligence and security services to adequately cover and monitor all those individuals. And so they slip through the cracks. Even people that have popped up on a radar screen somewhere or maybe have been in jail, you know, I can just tell you from direct experience, it's very tough to have those resources to monitor all those potential threats and authorities in whatever country do the very best job they can within the existing laws and frameworks of that country to monitor these people that they think are extremists. Some slip through the cracks, some don't get noticed at all, and it's just a matter of doing more and better police investigative and intelligence work to try to penetrate these networks themselves to uncover their plans and intentions. However, when it's a very small cell of two or three people and only they know what they're going to do, then it becomes problematic. How do you find coverage of a cell like that? Um, so it's a very, very difficult thing to do.
0: The, uh, the uh, attackers of Charlie Hebdo said they were prepared to die as martyrs. That's what they told uh, cops before they were killed. Um, is, is that what they want? I mean, these guys were running, so this was not a suicide thing. Um, they knew they might die. They were prepared to die. Or is this just something they were saying when they knew it was inevitable that they would die?
1: Well, I think it's all part of the radical ideology. The radical ideology and al-Qaeda and ISIS, uh, you know, educate and indoctrinate their guys that you don't give up. Uh, you're going to martyr yourself before you give up to police or military. So I, I forecast this way ahead of time, not only that there were going to be more attacks like this, but that these guys would then eventually martyr themselves, either the, in the initial attack or in the follow-on you know, chase and hunt for them by the police. They're not going to give themselves up. And I'm just happy that no hostages were killed um, and that only these perpetrators were killed.
0: Um, but another situation, as you know, too, that were at the uh, Hayat Boumedine uh, kosher supermarket, there were four hostages uh, reported dead, uh, fifteen uh, that uh, survived, and one of the hostage takers at that market is it seems to be a female. Uh, police are launching a massive search to nab her, um, but she has disappeared. It's not as likely that women are part of these groups, but it is becoming more common that women are joining, which is so bizarre based on the mindset of radical Islamists toward women.
1: Yeah, I agree with you, and I was not aware of the deaths of the hostages. That's certainly very sad you. Yeah, no, more and more, Leslie, women are becoming part of these radical groups, not necessarily as operators or as, or as the action people, but as in a support role and quite frankly, these groups are trying to attract young women. For example, in our class on the, uh, on the threat of ISIS in the homeland that we give to law enforcement, we talk about how these groups on social media try to attract young Western women to them. And then eventually, unfortunately, what happens is once these young women and girls join these groups, they become sex slaves or they get used for all these nefarious purposes um, and basically get abused by these groups. So... It's not a pretty outcome for them either way.
0: So, uh, you know, if some, yeah, because if these guys drop a bomb to you and push you into uh, the middle of a square, you didn't have much of a choice in that, perhaps. Exactly. Um, According to CNN, we have new uh, information on this. Uh, The woman is 26. She remains at large. French authorities are working uh, to... Uh, find her, um, and uh, y- y- you know uh, the terrorist at the grocery market said he'd kill his hostages if police moved on the brothers. Uh, does that show there is uh, a connection, or are these guys just trying to show their solidarity with these uh, two terrorists?
1: It, it could be either either one, Leslie, and I think that's still to be determined. They, they could be linked, they could be part of the same small cell, or he could have just been doing it out of support for these guys. Uh... Need more information before
0: we can make a determination on that. Uh, Ethanonia, Ethanonia on, terror, on Twitter uh, tweets and asks you a question: Why did they wait so long, Bob? They caught the terror the terrorist who was holding the hostage, the suspect at the kosher market, by surprise, but it wasn't enough to save all of the hostages. I mean, four people uh, died. Um, you know, why, some people say, you know, why wait so long? Obviously, it's easy to be critics outside or, or judgmental. Um, never been involved in a standoff situation, a hostage situation. And a hostage situation with a terrorist, the same type of uh, hostage negotiating, would you say, 101 or very different, Bob?
1: Oh, very different if you're dealing with guys who aren't afraid to die because you always got to have that factor in the base of your mind. The essence of negotiation is to try to, resolve the confrontation peacefully with no loss of life. Obviously, these guys don't care about loss of life, so it puts a different angle and a different spin on how you're trying to negotiate with them and and your plans or your decision-making on when you're going to go in and try to rescue the hostages and how you're going to do that. I think, actually, the French police did a really great job for what they were thrown at them. They tried to time these assaults uh, at the same time so that the two groups wouldn't know that they were being assaulted and maybe start killing hostages. And, you know, we don't know yet how these four hostages were allegedly killed by the perpetrator. Uh, So, again, I I regret the loss of life. I think they did the very best job they could, given the situation.
0: Uh, My best friend lives in London, and we were talking today. She's much closer, a train ride away from Paris than I am. And she said that. People always think of France as pacifists, but they don't have very strict gun control laws, and that's how come a lot of people like these guys were able to get their hands on perhaps some of the weaponry uh, that they did. We know that in the United States we constantly have a fight over that. She said the last huge terrorist attack they had in London, the government said that's it, no more guns, took the guns away from the people, which people in America would never allow. We have the Second Amendment. It could never happen. Uh, I think everybody would be shot or tried, uh, but they haven't had these types uh, of attack from homegrown terrorists because they haven't had the access to the weaponry. Uh, do you have anything to say uh, to that with regard to uh, France? And also tying in, we think of France as very pacifist, uh, but certainly when it comes to you know law enforcement and anti-terrorism task force, there's no pacifism there.
1: Yeah, look, if you're a bad guy and you're motivated and you have half a brain, You can get a weapon almost anywhere in the world. Let's just face that fact. I don't care if it's the strictest gun control in the world. You can get a weapon if you want it on the black market or you smuggle it in. There's a variety of methods. So stricter gun control laws really don't have an effect against hardcore extremists like this. They're going to get weapons uh, one way or the other.
0: Uh, One last thing you want to say in less than 60 seconds, Bob, before we let you go.
1: Unfortunately, I think, Leslie, we're going to see more attacks like this, the threat, the ideology of the Islamic State, of al-Qaeda is spreading. They're very good at using social media. They're recruiting Westerners. They're recruiting our young women and uh, men to come join them. They have a very effective message. And unfortunately, I think we're going to see more and more of these attacks. The way to combat them is through education and all the things I talked about in the previous segment. That's why we're doing this class on the threat of ISIS trying to educate law enforcement and civilian authorities to what the threat is and ways to mitigate it.
0: All right, Bob, thank you so much, and and, and have a great class. Glad to know it's nothing bad. Bob Doherty, Intelligence and Counterintelligence Director at Counterterrorism Watch, Inc. And like I said, he worked for 25 years as an ops officer for the CIA, one of my favorite guests that we have on the show. Really grown to like him uh, over this past year. Uh, Please check out their website, ctwatch.us, and follow him and his organization on Twitter, at ctwatchinc. It's folks like him and these organizations that are helping governments throughout the world to uh, counter the terrorist and these terrorist attacks. Hopefully, we can have a more peaceful world going forward, not just here and in France, but worldwide.
1: How to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it! Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead... Grab an ice cold can of Coca Cola Energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive! Show up every day with Coca Cola Energy. Energy you want, taste you love.